Hello and welcome to another episode of Life in the Dark, a podcast dedicated to the golden age of radio and Hollywood's classic era. This podcast is part of the Nomad in the Middle network. More information can be found at nomadinthemiddle.com. Peter Donald, Parker Penley, the DeMarcos, Al Goodman, his orchestra, and Kenny Delmar. The year-round, all-weather, all-purpose beverage is delicious tenderleaf tea. Fall, winter, spring, and summer. The all-weather, all-purpose beverage is tea. And month in, month out, tenderleaf tea balls are the all-American favorite. Save money on tenderleaf tea balls by getting the jumbo box of 48 reasons for their record-breaking popularity. Tenderleaf tea balls outsell all other kinds because they're better in every way. The tea is superb, rich, delicious, famous for flavor Tenderleaf brand tea. And this is a convenient way to serve it, in filter paper tea balls. The filter paper used for Tenderleaf tea balls is absolutely tasteless and insoluble, so your tea is never marred by stray leaves. It's solid pleasure, a cup of quick comfort when you need it most. Put in a supply so you never run out. Save money, too. Ask your grocer for the big box of 48 Tenderleaf brand T-Balls. Ladies and gentlemen, last week, Ralph Edwards started his new Miss Hush contest. Tonight, we can't bring you Miss Hush, but we can bring you Mr. Big Mouth. And here he is, Fred Allen. Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Portland, what is this Miss uh, Hush business? Do you know uh, who Miss Hush is? Well, I don't even know who Miss Reinhold is. Uh, do you know who you are? Of course. I just wanted to make sure. I know you couldn't be Miss Reingold because Miss Reingold has a head. But tell me, uh, tell me what's, uh, what's new, Portland. The British Broadcasting Corporation is going to broadcast Princess Elizabeth's wedding. I wonder what they'll call the program. Queen for a day. Say, <laughs> it's only one man's opinion, but that is very good. <laughs> I just made it up. You just made it up? No kidding. What do I need with writers? Why, for a half-hour program, I can just throw you a couple of straight lines, stand back, and let you cut loose. I sense it. Something tells me that. You're not kidding. You, you mean? I know how to make up jokes. You do? There's a piece in that new magazine, 47. Oh, I saw that in the November issue of uh, 47. A writer who used to work with, with us, Herman Wolf, tells how radio writers make up their jokes. It's easy. Really? Mm -hmm. Let me hear you make up a joke right now. No help from the audience, please. <laughs> All right. All right, make up a joke. All right. A basketball team is chasing a football team down the street. What time is it? A basketball team chasing a football team, what time is it? Five after 11. 
I was wrong. I do need writers. I do need writers. Tell me, what, uh, what else is new? A recent poll shows that 30% of the people in Cincinnati have never heard of the U.N. Well, it comes out even. 70% of the U.N. have never heard of Cincinnati. <laughs> Tell me, what is your last clipping there? The Treasury Department says that the life of a $10 bill is three years. Really? Do you think the life of a $10 bill is only three years? Well, I don't know. I never had one die on my hands. You had one die on your hands right then. <laughs> one in the joke in one hand and the ten dollar bill in the other. Tell me, have you have you ever seen a seven dollar bill? No. I have one here from the gas company. <laughs> I hope we both live to be as old as that joke is. <laughs> and as decrepit and as bent as the writer is who brought it in this afternoon. I, I fell out of his wheelchair as he was going by on his way to work for Red Skelton. I let him go. His wheelchair used to squeak at conferences, so I said, out with you in the chair. But before I get any... Uh, before, that was the writer who got sick of standing for comedians, got his own wheelchair, and was sitting down for... And before I get any older, Portland, I am leaving for Alan's Alley. What is your question tonight? Well, recently, an authority on music, I think it was Jack Eigen, I'm not quite sure... But this authority on music said that swing is on its way out and sweet music is coming into favor. And so our question is, what type of music do you prefer, sweet or swing? Shall we go? As one button said to the other button on the fat man's vest, I am popping off. Ah, oh, it's so good to get back to Allen's Alley, Portland, with the elite. I guess the senator's leaving for Washington. Look, his bindle is packed on the front step there. Well, let's not. Somebody, I see somebody's trying to rouse old Senator Clark. Well, yes. Oh, uh, it's you, son. Yeah. Well, let me shake that thing that's hanging out of your sleeve. Yeah. Well, open up there, son. Tell me, what do you know for sure? Well, Senator... Stop jabbing, son. Give me both barrels. I'm busier than Vashinsky's interpreter. Now, now, wait a minute. Washington, grilling them picture people about communism. Oh, you've been down there? I ain't never trusted Hollywood since I seen that Lum and Abner picture. Yeah? <laughs> Lum was phoning Abner, and he was using the party line. Party line? <laughs> well, have you found any other propaganda? I sure have. One movie I saw, it was uh, Weekend at the YMCA. Yeah. I right see. there, yeah. Right yeah. near the end of the picture, the boy and girl is eating dinner. There's yeah. a close-up of a big combination salad. And you? As soon as I seen that salad, I had them trapped. The salad was propaganda? On that combination salad, they had Russian dressing. <laughs> but Senator... I'm too slick for them, son. I know all the ins and outs. As old flower bag said, I've been through the mill. How do you think the red investigation will end up, Senator? Well, son, if the Senate don't quit throwing money around on these investigations, the whole country's going to end up in the red. Well, Senator... <laughs> in the red, that is. I heard it. <laughs> the first time, Senator. Tell it was my misfortune to be close enough to hear it the second time. Tell me... <laughs> How do you feel about this music trend? Do you think that swing music is giving way to sweet? Well, there's only one thing we're afraid of down in Washington, son. Yes? Whether it's sweet or swing, yes? in 1948, us Democrats have got to face the music. So long, son. Well, 
unless Mr. Petrillo changes his mind, by 1948, no politician will be able to take a look at the record. Say, I wonder... I, well, I just said that to fill in time. We had five seconds. What was I going to do? Stand around and look at the <laughs> I wonder if Mr. Moody is still up. Howdy, Bob. What? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Moody, what about this trend of music from swing to sweet? Why, it can't come too soon to please me. You, uh, you don't like swing music? No. You don't? Oh, you can have your ragtime shouters and your collapso singers. The collapso singers, too, huh? I'll, I'll take Burl Ives and Red Foley and Salty Dog Holmes. I see. I tell you, when Burl Ives strums his guitar and sings the big rock Candy Mountain, tears come to my eyes. Tears, eh? Yeah. And when Red Foley sings, she left an old mother who just didn't know of the sin neath the bright city lights. <laughs> then them tears just roll down my vest into my watch pocket. I see. Uh, between Burl and Red, my watch is always rusty. Well, I can see that music affects you easily. Do you, uh, do you play any instrument? Why, well, I used to play the zither, but my lap got tender. I had to give it up. Do you, uh, do you sing? Only in the bathtub. The, uh, the bathtub, eh? I ain't sung since last spring. Well, don't you, don't you ever dance? No, last time I danced, cured me. Well, what happened? Well, it was a church social. Yeah? I was introduced to this cutie from Kansas City. I see. She was hot stuff. Yeah? She <laughs> 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 uh, was wearing a cat of nine tails corsage and bulldog shoes. She was hot stuff. Yeah. Well, the band started playing. We was doing the Portland Fancy. Uh-huh. I, I kept twirling her. Yeah. And I noticed she was growing. Oh, really? I finally says, kid, I says, kid, it seems to me you're getting taller. Uh-huh. She says, I know. I got a wooden leg and you're twirling me the wrong way. So long, man. <laughs> well, I suppose you can only go around for the girl so long. Oh, well, that's, uh... Let's try, let's try this next door. Howdy, kiddo. Ah, Mrs. Lusbach. Tell me, what are you doing with that popcorn bag? Last night, I'm going to the movies. Uh-huh. It is a short picture. I see. I'm having popcorn left over. Oh, with a short picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell me, what, uh, what picture did you see? It is a new one. Walt Disney. Oh, Disney? They are, <laughs> they are calling it Fun with Fancy Could Be Free. Oh. Well, what is the picture about? Well, in the zoo is a little bear, a puppy bear. Uh-huh. It is named Bongo. Is Bongo a cinnamon bear? Who could tell the flavor? Uh, that's right. It might have been peppermint. Oh, Tutti Frutti could be also, Possibly. Yes. Well, now, Mrs. Nussbaum, about this music trend. Only one kind of music is not changing. Not sweet or swing? Hillbilly music, country style. Oh, what do you know about rustic music? Every summer I'm spending by Davidoff Dude Ranch my vacation. Well, fine, but where does the music come in? Well, every night by the chorale is square dancing. Square dancing? And all the dancers I I am calling. Yippee! You, uh, <laughs> you call the dancers. How do they sound? Swing your partner. Who is caring? You are the onion. She's the heading. Turn to the right. Use your noodle. 
Google, don't see though, and shake your struggle. Shake your struggle. Thank you. Thank you. Here we are. And here we are at the last shanty, the last shanty in Allen's Alley. The letters of any uh, for flavor, nutrition, economy, green bonnet margarine. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mr. Cassidy. That's blue bonnet margarine. In my neighborhood, we boy, the bonnet is green. But... <laughs> tell, tell me, Ajax, what is your reaction to this music trend? Oh, sure, I seen the handwriting on the hurdy-gurdy, so to speak. Something told you swing was through? Well, tell me, boy, it was printed about. The Gene Cooper was trying to sell his drum to the Salvation Army. I see. The next day, Chibaba Chibaba fell off the hit parade. And you saw other signs the swing was finished? Kerrigan took out his jukebox. He hired a band. A band, eh? Mm-hmm. Guy Lombrady and his Royal Hibernian. <laughs> Guy Lombrady? Playing the sweetest music this side of Third Avenue. <laughs> what sort of a band does Guy have? Well, it, it, it's Two bagpipes, three oboes, a concertina, and a hot water bottle. Well, what, what is the hot water bottle for? The concertina player's got arthritis. <laughs> Tell me, how do you feel about sweet music yourself, Mr. Cassidy? Oh, I have an intense aversion to all music, and that goes for Toscanini and Spike Jones, too. Really? I, I even carry rocks with me to throw at Nightingale. Well, why? Well, some years ago, I had the misfortune to listen to a musical selection. Uh-huh. Oh, it led to all my troubles. But, uh... Turned me from a gay, carefree bucko to a bitter old boar. Well, what was this musical selection that ruins your life? The wedding march. Good boy, Hemo. And as the sun slowly sinks over the roofs of Allen's Alley, we turn to welcome the five DeMarco sisters. Under the skilled guidance of Al Goodman, who will attempt to dominate his orchestra for one night only, the DeMarco sing Naughty Angeline. <laughs> like this is worth a lot when you're shopping these days, it's something to remember. If mealtime is often spoiled in your home because it's such an effort to coax your children to eat their vegetables, listen carefully. You can now give your children the goodness of eight different vegetables in a delicious drink they'll love. 
Just give them V8 vegetable juices. V8 is one of the most enticing drinks that's ever been concocted. And here's the important thing. Every tempting sip of V8 contains the goodness from eight different vegetables. Tomatoes and beets of the red variety, lettuce, spinach, watercress, parsley, and celery of the leafy green variety, carrots of the yellow variety. Thus, when you serve V8, your children get both the goodness and variety of eight different vegetables. Get V8 vegetable juices tomorrow. Give it to your children for lunch, dinner, or between meals. They'll love V8, and it's really good for them. You have just heard a few bars of Near You, played by Maestro Al Goodman, and 25 reasons why he doesn't have his own program. <laughs> now, now, ladies, say, Portland. Yes? Will you make a note that our guest next Sunday is Maurice Chevalier, the famous French star? I'll mark it down. Next Sunday, Maurice Chevalier. Capital C with Chevalier. Yes. And now will you hand me that movie manuscript on the piano there? Movie manuscript? Yes, it's the story of my life. Hollywood is making everybody's life these days. Anyone who has lived long enough to last through five reels can sell his story to a picture company. Which studio is going to do your picture? The only Hollywood producer who hasn't been investigated. Mr. Cecil B. Schmidlap. <laughs> and that reminds me, I have an appointment with Mr. Schmidlap tonight, Portland. He's going to read my script. I'll see you later. I'll be back. <laughs> This is the office. What's this sign? Eagle Beagle Productions. If it's a beagle picture, you know it's a dog. <laughs> well, I'll go in. Fred Allen. Jack Haley. Gee, yes. <laughs> Jack, what are you doing here in Schmidlap's office? I'm going to sell him my life story. Well, I'm going to sell him my life story, too. But I thought 20th Century Fox made a picture about your life. What picture? Nightmare Alley. <laughs> I think we're in it here. Now, look. Look, Jack, we both can't sell our lives. But, Fred, how can they make your life? Nothing's ever happened to you. The picture will come out as short. Well, Jack... Well, even as a baby, you were a nobody. You were a celebrity? Well, when I was two months old, my picture was in every magazine and newspaper in the country. Your picture? Yeah, I was holding my bottle that said, Little Jackie Haley has switched to carnation. <laughs> but later, Jack, we were kids together. Yeah, and you were a pretty old kid, too, as I remember. You had varicose veins in kindergarten. No. Not fallen arches I had in kindergarten. Why, when I was a boy in Boston, I worked in the public library. And what a soft job you had. Soft job? Why, in those days, only three books had been written, and two of them were banned in Boston. <laughs> Say, remember when we both went into vaudeville together? Oh, I sure do. Remember that rooming house we used to live in, Mother Shapiro's? Rooms, 50 cents a night. With a door on the room, it was 75. <laughs> and those rats in Mother Shapiro's, were they big? One rat was a bellboy. <laughs> if you didn't tip him, he'd eat a hole in your bag. Remember that lunch wagon we used to eat in? Yeah, one of the wheels was missing. The lunch wagon slanted. 
You had to eat everything uphill. <laughs> and those meals, beans, pie, and coffee for a dime. Beans, pie, and coffee. Yeah, many a spoon I bent trying to stir that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> remember some of those vaudeville acts we used to work with? Yeah, do you remember Sadie the Snake Charmer? Sadie kept her stockings up with two garter snakes. Do <laughs> you remember? Shall I wait? Shall I yes. wait? I'm just wondering. <laughs> to put that laugh in an incubator, see what happens to it later in love. You remember Sam, the big cobra Sadie had? They what? The, what happened to Sam, the cobra? Well, Sam swallowed a pool cue in Des Moines. Yes. He couldn't coil up to go to sleep. Sam died of insomnia. Sam died, eh? Yeah, I went to the funeral. Say, I've never seen a snake's funeral. What was it like? The coffin was 29 feet long. My gosh. Yes, they had Sam lying in state in the Holland Tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, was <a> good... <laughs> Sam was a good snake, Jack. You know, he used to get delirium tremens and see men. Do you remember Fifi and her dancing bear? Well, I saw the bear the other day. He's working for Arthur Murray. <laughs> At the studio in Alaska, I think. <laughs> I wonder whatever became of Waldo and his elephant. Oh, the elephant died of stomach. Oh. He got a bad peanut in Duluth. <laughs> I remember one time in Sioux City, two trucks full of bicarbonate drove up to the theater. The elephant had indigestion. Well, after he finished the second trunk load of bicarbonate, the elephant burped and blew the back out of the theater. Aloha, I remember. Ah, uh, with all these experiences, my oh, life yes. will make a smash hit. Well, my life is no B picture, remember. Uh, my Mr. Schmidlap will see you now through this door, please. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. Okay. Uh, Mr. Schmidlap? Come in, boys. You're just in time. Have I got trouble? Uh, Mr. Schmidlap, we have two scenarios. Who needs scenarios? I'm in the movie business. All my popcorn machines are running dry. I need 400 pounds of butter. Well, I have written my life story. And I've written mine. I'm sorry, boys, I'm sorry. Single lives in pictures today are passe. The public wants doubles. Doubles? I'm closing a deal to make the lives of Sears and Roebuck, Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> I've got it, Mr. Schmidlap. We can combine our lives. Gad, Haley, and Allen. We'll be bigger than Park and Tilford. What do you say, Mr. <laughs> what do you say, Mr. Schmidlap? Boys, you won't believe this, but I can't visualize it. No, I won't believe it. <laughs> Tell me why. Why, let me explain, Mr. Schmidlap. Yeah. Now, our picture opens with a blare of trumpets. Cecil B. Schmidlap Productions presents the Haley and Allen story. The year is 1900. The city is Boston. The picture opens on Beacon Street. Hold it, hold it. No, no, boys. Beacon Street is out. Well, Beacon Street... We worked Beacon Street to death in the late George Ampley. We've got to have something new. But we were both born on Beacon Street. Wait a minute. Yeah. I've, I've got it. I've got it. The whole opening is out. You're 19 years old when you're born. All right. What's next? Well, next, the scene is the Harvard campus. As the picture starts, we see two Harvard men chatting. I say, Frederick, isn't it exciting? Our first prom. Yes, John. This is my first date, too. I'm nervous. Oh, there's nothing to be frightened about. They're Wellesley girls. <laughs> I'm, I'm trembling. You are? <laughs> hasn't your father told you about the birds and the bees? Only about the birds. He hasn't told you about the bees? Well, nobody told father about the bees. <laughs> 
father was 62 before he knew what honey was. <laughs> but what do I do when the girls get here? I'll tell you what I did last night. I was out with a blonde Lulu, a candy kiddo. Gee whiz. I drove her home in my stuck bear cap. John. We were standing in the vestibule. John. Nobody was around. Oh, John. I opened my raccoon coat, whipped out my mandolin, and played Sweet Marie. Oh, <laughs> Fainting. As I prepared to leave, this Tessie said, John, aren't you going to kiss me? Heaven. Kiss you, you brazen flossy, I said. I'm a Harvard man. <laughs> With that, I picked up my mandolin and strode out of the vestibule. <laughs> oh, here come the girls. Wave your pennant. Say, who is that fellow with them? He has a saxophone. I ho, everybody. A, a Yale, Yale man. Hold it, hold it, that's out. It's out? We can't make any college pictures. No college pictures? They give our producers an inferiority complex. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, what's next? The big dramatic climax. <laughs> it's 20 years later. America's foremost surgeon is Dr. J. Haley. In the charity ward of a Bowery hospital, a derelict lies on the operating table. The nurse prepares him for a delicate brain operation. Dr. Haley, clad in gauze dungarees, rubber mittens, and antiseptic hip boots, enters the operating room. Ready, nurse? Ready, Dr. Haley. Remove his hat. All right, doctor. <laughs> Scalpel. Scalpel. Forceps. Forceps. Blotter. Blotter. Zipper. Zipper. There you are. His head looks like a briefcase, but he will live. Dr. Haley, you've worked a miracle. Will you sign this derelict's chart? No, the name on this chart. It's Fred Allen. So what? He's a Harvard man. A Harvard man? No, a race where it says Fred Allen, drunken bum. Yes, doctor. Put down Fred Allen, man of distinction. No, no, the surgery is out. What? Dr. Kildare makes all the medical pictures. Now, let me hear the rest. The rest? Well, all we have left is a big class reunion. Now, what happened? Why, we sing. So it's a musical. Why didn't you say so? Let's hear the song. Many years ago, we met in Boston. In those good old days, we didn't have a bean. And when you didn't have a bean in Boston... Brother, your brown bread would look mighty lonesome. <laughs> to always be good friends, we made a vow. We, we meant it. That's, that's why we're together now. Pals, pals, we'll always be pals. What you do is okay with me. Pals, pals, just regular pals. What you do will suit me to a tee. You can have all my money, my silver and gold. I'll give you my jokes, the ones that I've told. Good friends, we'll be till we're old, because we're pals, pals, pals. We have been pals for a long time, haven't we, Fred? That's true, Jack. You know, I don't want to appear sentimental, but I'd like to take this opportunity publicly to tell you just how I feel about you as a friend. Well, thanks a lot, Jack. I appreciate it. You know, Fred, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for you. I know that, Jack. You have so much it's difficult for me to express myself. 
Do you like this tie? Yes, it's lovely. Very pretty tie. You may have one. Oh, now, don't take your tie off, Jack. No, no I don't I'm want sure. your necktie. No, I please, Jack. No, no, don't. I don't want your necktie. Oh, gee, thanks a lot, Jack. Isn't that lovely? You know, Fred, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. I appreciate that, Jack. Do you need any blood? <laughs> no, I don't. You look kind of white. Well, I'm loaded, Jack. Honestly, I couldn't do it for nothing. Won't you take just a little blood? No, no, thanks. Has Jack. anybody out there got a razor blade? No, no, don't, Jack. Don't open a vein just on my account. Please, don't, please. I don't need it. But I just want to show you, Fred, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for you. I appreciate that, Jack. And you, you're my best friend, too. There's nothing I would... Why, I'd give you the shirt off my back. I know you would, Fred. No, you're laughing, Jack. Well, you I... don't think I'd give you the oh, shirt yes, off my back. Listen, Jack, oh, when I tell a fellow, a friend of mine, Believe me, oh, you can have this shirt. You oh. There, Jack, there's the shirt off my back. I got a friend of a friend. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? He gave me the shirt off his back. Least he could have done was have it laundered. <laughs> Well, if you think no. I'm going to stand here and see you give me the shirt no, off, Jack, no, back. I don't, Jack. Please don't give me the shirt. I'm no Indian giver. Jack. No, that's all right. I don't need your shirt. I don't need your shirt. I don't need your shirt. Jack, if you're going to do that for me, now wait a minute. If you give me your shirt, Jack, I've got to give you something too. I'm going to give you. Not your pants, Will. Not your pants. Oh, because we're pals. Tenderleaf tea and blue bonnet margin on your shopping days, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Jack Haley for dropping by tonight. Next week, our guest will be Maurice Chevalier. Thank you and good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. the DeMarcos, Al Goodman, his orchestra, and Kenny Delmar. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we salute the poultry show. We haven't any chickens, but we do have a man with an old joke, and he's going to pull it. And here he is, Fred Allen. Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In Portland, that poultry show introduction, a man with an old joke and he's going to pull it. 
You know, I thought that was extremely clever in a rather a rancid sort of a way. <laughs> Mama and I were up all night writing poultry introductions. Poultry introductions, really? We had another one. Here is a man. After he tells his first joke, he's a dead duck. You were up all night writing these two feathered faux pas? Yes. You know what faux pas means? It's southern for forefathers. Southern for forefathers? Faux pas. Faux pas. <laughs> Some dialect you have and no finish. But uh, forget the whole thing. <laughs> forget the whole thing. That poultry gag sounds like a joke you'd find on the floor of the studio after a Milton Berle rehearsal. <laughs> And if he wouldn't pick it up to tell it, Milton will stoop to anything that I wouldn't tell me. Did you see the poultry show at Madison Square Garden? It was wonderful. They had hens there so small, they can't lay eggs. Really? What do they lay? Aspirin tablets with yolks in them. <laughs> You've had a new writer working on your part, haven't you? I sense it. Fine. Well, you know, it's confusing over there at Madison Square Garden. One night they have fights, the next night hockey, then basketball and the poultry show. There was a mix-up last week. One night, right in the middle of the poultry show, the CCNY basketball team ran out and made three baskets in a hen's nest. <laughs> without disturbing the hen, too, which is rather remarkable. They were in there on the wrong night, you see. Well, before this gets too hilarious, Portland... <laughs> what, uh... What? What? I must give my writers the loyalty test again. I... What? Uh, what's in the? What's in the news? What's in the news this week? Well, science is seeking the clue to baldness. Baldness? Well, that would be Jack Benny's problem, not mine. Is Jack getting bald? Getting bald. Benny's head looks as though his neck is blowing bubble gum. <laughs> What? What did you say? Gosh! Are you, uh, are you happy with that line? You... Benny is... Uh... You know, Benny, Benny is so bald, he looks as though somebody pulled his face back over the top of his head. And speaking of head reminds me, Portland, I think I shall head for Alan's out. What is your question tonight? Well, recently down in Washington, the director of science service listed the ten most important advances in science made during 1947. And so our question this evening is, what in your estimation is the most important advance science has made during recent years? Shall we go? Well, I couldn't think of a joke this week. We'll just have to go, I guess. <laughs> well, here we are back in Allen's Alley, Portland. Say, I guess the Senate is in all right. His pet possum, Stanley, just looked out the parlor window there. Well, let's knock. Who, I say, who's whamming my portal? Oh, it's you, son. Yes, Senator Carter. I just got back from Florida, son. Yeah. I must have stayed out in that sun too long. You got sunburn? Son, I got a blister running down my back. It's longer than a pontoon. It's really? Yeah, long... I kept feeling, son. I had enough skin to make a little boy. You... <laughs> How are... <laughs> How are things in Florida, Senator? Now, my hotel was so crowded they had to give me a Florida suite. What is a Florida suite? That's a closet with two grapefruit in it. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I was out fishing every day. One fish I caught, 
tears come to my eyes. Tears? That fish reminded me how I got elected. A fish? It was a fluke, son. <laughs> fish not too well known in these parts. Well, what were you? Uh, what were you doing in Florida? What were you doing in Florida, Senator? I was down there resting with little old Harry. The pre- did the president enjoy his stay down there in Florida? Yeah, Harry was busy every minute, relaxing. Relaxing. <laughs> One day, Harry went over to Key West and played the piano. At Key West? It was the first time anybody knowed what key he was playing in. <laughs> Tell me, Senator... What do you think is the most important advance science has made during recent years? Well, science's outstanding achievement was making that big magnet up there at Columbia University. Why is the magnet so important, Senator? Owning a magnet that size, son. Yes? This country can point it at Russia. And with the biggest magnet in the world? We can raise that iron curtain. So long, son. So long, ladies. The senator better be careful with that magnet. He might pull Spike Jones off the air. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Let's uh, let's call on Mr. Moody. Howdy, Bob. <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Moody, what uh, what do you think is the most important advance science has made in recent years? Uh, science better stop advancing, for it ruins the human race. Well, how do you mean? Why, people was better off when they had less gadgets and done more sweating. Well, have you had any experience with scientific advancement on your farm? I'm about ready to blow my fritter. You're uh, <laughs> about to blow your fritter, eh? Well, what? Uh, what? <laughs> what happened? Well, a fellow come around and sold me a self-operating shortwave plow. Uh-huh. First time I tried the plow, first time something went wrong. Yeah? All I heard was zip. Plow started off. I ain't seen it since. You don't know what became of the plow? No. All I know is that from here clear to Syracuse, there's a rut that belongs to me. <laughs> well, you can't. You can't hold that against science. Did I ever tell you about that rain-making episode? No, I don't think so. What was that? Last fall, we had a drought. Uh-huh ground was so dry that worms was crying on themselves to get wet enough to turn over. Things were dry, hey? Uh, I'm in the front yard spitting in all directions to lay the dust. Yeah? Fuller comes up and he says he's a rainmaker. Oh, you, you hired the rainmaker? Yeah. He went up in a balloon, dropped 200 pounds of dry ice into a cloud. Yeah? Well, the dry ice fell plumb through the cloud... Landed on top of my barn and left a hole as big as a crater. And no rain fell? Yeah. Just as the fellow came down in the balloon, it started to hail a mite. Hail, hey? I was fuming. What did you do? I pointed to that skimpy downfall. Yes? And I says, get the hail out of here. So long. <laughs> Chuppy? Oh, Mrs. Nussbaum. Say, you look busy. Tonight I couldn't talk to you too long. No? I'm working on my Toffinetti contest. Toffinetti contest? What is that? If you are entering the contest, they are sending you the clues. Oh, really? What What are the clues? Second for corned beef, first for plans, 13th for chicken fat, seven for pan. Yeah. Bring me a poached egg, chopped onions, and heat 
Try me and try me. I'm ready to eat. Those are the clues, eh? You are in the contest? If you are guessing the clues, it is me. Second for corned beef, bring me a post of... I give up. Who are you? Miss Hash. Miss <laughs> Hash. I will send you the locomotive in the morning. But tell me, Mrs. Mustard, what... <laughs> what important strides do you think science has made? To me, outstanding is electricity. Uh, electricity? Today in my house, everything I'm doing by electricity. Uh-huh. Making coffee, I'm plugging in the percolator. Naturally. Cooking dinner, I'm snapping on the stove. Yes. Washing, I'm turning on the bender. Uh-huh. Sweeping, I'm attaching the vacuum cleaner. Yes. All day long, I'm plugging in, snapping, turning on electricity. Well, handling all this electricity, don't you ever get a shock? Only once a month. Once a month you get a shock? When I'm getting the electric bill, thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> well, here. here we are at the end of the alley. Let's pay our respects to Mr. Cassidy. sing, Papa, Won't You Dance With Me, Girl.
gorgeous version of Anne Mimi, played by Maestro Al Goodman, and 25 men who think Costellanis is the fullback for Notre Dame. And now... Now, ladies, uh, yes, Portland. This telegram just came. It's open. The telegram's open? The messenger boy said he had chapped lips. You want to go down to the censor and clear your throat while we... (laughs) (laughs) The messenger boy said he had chapped lips and he couldn't lift the envelope. Oh, that Western Union. You'd think if one messenger boy had chapped lips, they'd send another boy along who could drool. (laughs) What, uh, What does the telegram say? business while it's open. This will confirm... This will... This would have been a good place for you to cough in here. This will confirm... The telegram says, this will confirm your New Year's Eve reservations at the Carnival, signed the management. The Carnival? The Carnival, that big nightclub on 8th Avenue. You know, I am president of the Jack Eigen Fan Club. We're having our New Year's party there. I thought your Jack Eigen fan club always set New Year's Eve at Hamburger Heaven. No, no. Last year, when Frank Gould was president, we went over to a little club on 52nd Street, the Open Manhole. The Open... (laughs) The Open Manhole? They have no cover there. (laughs) It's uh, just a small place. The ceiling is so low, when they serve frog's legs, the legs are kneeling down. (laughs) How did you happen to get reservations at the carnival? Well, it's a long story, Portland. Last Thursday afternoon, I was walking down 8th Avenue. I was just passing 51st Street when I heard a voice say, Well, Fred Allen, Georgie Gesso. Georgie, what are you doing here in New York City? What am I doing? What What am I? You must be living in a tree. You know what I'm doing here. Look at that sign up there on the marquee. The marquee, the carnival, proudly presents Georgie Jessel in the greatest show on earth. Well, confidentially, Fred, it isn't the greatest show on earth. But that sign. Well, my cousin Milford is a sign painter, you know. I told him the show was uh, so-so. Suddenly a sign comes out, the greatest show on earth. What am I going to do? Get a lawyer? Milford is also a lawyer. I'd have to give him the case. You see what I mean? (laughs) Well, tell me... (laughs) Tell me, Georgie, confidentially, how are you doing in the show? Oh, Fred, I'm a big hit. A very big hit. A big hit. Yeah. You're getting ready to call me a liar, huh? I should see it. Well, it so happens that I have the newspaper clippings right here with me, right in my pocket. Hey, they're, uh, they're a little dirty-looking, aren't they? Yeah, well, I've been carrying them around two weeks, you oh, know. I'll have them dry-cleaned a little later. But listen, <laughs> listen to what the newspapers say. Here's the whole book and Herald. Jessel is a cyclone of lead. Uh-huh. Here's the Jewelers Gazette. Jessel is a diamond in the rough. Yeah. Look at here, this, the Sandhog Journal, what it says. Look at here. Jessel is dynamite. Here's the New York Times. There, who reads the Times? <laughs> I just saw your latest picture, Nightmare Alley. I thought you were still out in Hollywood producing for 20th Century Fox. I am. I am still working for Mr. Zanuck, Fred, and I have to be back there on January the 5th. Well, can't Mr. Zanuck do without you? There is a rumor that he can, but uh, I don't want him to find out. (laughs) Well, Georgie, I just happen to think my club is uh, giving a party New Year's Eve. Well, 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 Fred, give your party at the carnival. A great show. You'll have the time of your life on only $2 a plate. $2 $2 a plate? Well, if you want food on the plate, it's a little more. You know. <laughs> well... Take my advice, though, Fred. You have the $20 avocado dinner. Ah, uh, with that comes the best of everything. 
gold finger bowls, and mahogany toothpicks. It's delicious, really. Well, what, uh, what do I get for $20? Well, now, first before dinner, you get your own personal horn to blow at midnight. I have a sample horn here to show you. Oh, that's a beauty, isn't it? I should say it is. <laughs> the mouthpiece is genuine plastic, you know. Uh-huh. It comes only with the $20 dinner. Now, get the tone on this horn. <clears throat> well, it does. It uh, does have a certain gusto, Georgie. But for $20, Look, if Fred, I'm blowing please, 20... please, please, unless you're insured, don't take the $2 dinner at the carnival. You mean there's no horn? Nah. Oh, for $2, you get this. <clears throat> No, Georgie, that sounds like an unborn opinion. <laughs> and we should know. Well, anyway, look, with the $20 dinner, with the $20, you should see the paper hat that you get. It's yeah. a red cellophane Hamburg with a lining and the initials F.A. in it. Your initials. Well, with the $2 dinner, what sort of a paper hat do you get? Nah, an old copy of the Hobo News. Nothing at all. Hold it up, it looks like a wet beret. You wouldn't want it. Well, look, Georgie. Fred, the confetti that you get with the $20 dinner... What uh, What kind of confetti? Chopped up $5 bills. <laughs> with the $2 dinner, you get confetti? What confetti? The waiter comes, pulls the paper napkin from under your chin, tears it up, throws it right in your face. Well, Georgie, $20 after all for Ah, dinner. but listen to the food that you get. Avocado and aspect. Anchovies and aspect. Guinea hen and aspect. Aspect and aspect. <laughs> for dessert, ladyfinger. But, Georgie, who could eat that mess? I'll get indigestion. Not at the carnival, Fred. Well, why not? Those ladyfingers that you get for dessert... Yes? They are holding an Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> but I... I'm a light eater, Georgie. What now? What is the $2 dinner? $2 dinner, you get a sprig of parsley on a plain glass plate. A glass plate? Yeah, you're not only starved, but the waiter looks through the glass plate, sees you leaving a nickel tip, gets mad, takes away the knife and fork, hits you on the head. Nothing. <laughs> what, the, what about the drink? Oh, the drink. Oh, with a $20 dinner, you get the finest French champagne. It has the Hildegard seal of approval. <laughs> and on the $2 dinner? The waiter takes off your shoes, puts grapes under your feet, you step on the grapes, it tastes like an oleum. You wouldn't like it at all. Well, Georgie, in self-defense, I think I'll take the $20 dinner. Fred, you are doing the right thing, believe me. I'm all set for New Year's Eve. Ah, Fred, this will be a night that you will long remember. And don't forget, take the moss balls out of that tuxedo. Tuxedo? George, you mean it's formal? Fred, you're going to the carnival, not Sam's Bowery Follies, you know. But I have no tuxedo. Fred, I should have your luck. Well, what luck? I can get you a tuxedo in five minutes. Really? My cousin Milford got an interest in the place. It's right around the corner. Come with me, Fred. All right, Georgie, let's go. Well, here we are, Fred. Sam Suit Salon. Georgie, this is a pineapple juice stand. Yeah, but in the back is a tailor shop, you see? <laughs> Open all night. Overcoats made while you wait. Oh. Sam? Sam? <laughs> Well, let's go up. in. Let's go in first. Oh, you got to go in. Yeah. Right <laughs> no curb service. You got to go inside. All right. Hey, Sam. That's Sam over there, you see, with the pineapple in one hand and the hot iron in the other. Oh, I see. Sam. Hello, Mr. Jessel. I got bad news for you. I've stopped cashing checks. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a friend of mine, Sam Fred Allen, and he wants to succeed. A tuxedo? You came to the right place. Oh, Max! Yes, Sam! It's a customer! Orange or pineapple? <laughs> Pineapple's good today. No, just a tuxedo, thanks. Now, look, this is for New Year's Eve, Sam. I want you to give Mr. Allen something extra special. Well, you, Mr. Jessel, will give him the works. Built-in gravy stains on the vest. <laughs> Here's a ruler. Help him measure it. I certainly will. Okay. Sleeve 33. Sleeve 42. <laughs> Waist 36. Waist 57. <laughs> Length. 32. Length 71. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Georgie. What is this? Every time you yell out a number, Sam puts down a different one. Don't worry, Fred. Sam can't write. Nothing to worry. <laughs> well, never mind the measuring. How about something ready-made? Okay, Sam, Mr. Allen wants something ready-made. Ready Here, Mr. Allen, it's our last tuxedo in stock. Oh, Fred, you are in love. Well, well, feel that material. Georgie, this is corduroy. Corduroy. <laughs> Of course. The doorman at the El Morocco has one just like that. A corduroy tuxedo? It is ideal for New Year's Eve. Ideal? Yes. When the band stops playing, you can keep on dancing to the sound your corduroy pants are making, you see? <laughs> Here, Mr. Allen, tie your time. All right, thanks. Oh, boy, that suit was just made for you. Look how it hangs. Hangs. It piles up on the floor. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this right... <laughs> Look at this right sleeve. That's too long. It's not only too long, it's got a cuff on it. Well, that's a pants leg. <laughs> the sleeve is a pants leg? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Sam. What's with the sleeve? What is it? Hey, it's Max. Lately, his eyes are bad. Yesterday, he showed himself to a customer. Oh. <laughs> I can't go to the carnival with one arm coming out of a pants leg. Put a shoe on your hand. Who'll notice it? <laughs> Look, Georgie... When I buy a suit, I would like to have two sleeves with it. You've got two sleeves. Where is the other one? Look at your left leg. Jeepers, <laughs> from the knee down, I'm bare-legged. Look, Fred, a black puttee will cover it. Patent leather. It'll look very smart. A very black puttee. Georgie, I'm going to the carnival, not joining one. Now, look. <laughs> Fred, for the money, you can't beat it. Yeah, that's right. Try any reliable pushcart and mention my name. <laughs> He's right. Now, think it over. Think it over. Where else can you get a tuxedo with a milk, mink belt in the back? A mink belt? Say, mink what is, belt. What is that big lump hanging down inside the back of the pants? Oh, this I didn't say. Oh, this is a pineapple. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sam gives away a pineapple. And Hawaiian guitar with every tuxedo. And look, look at those lapels. Three lapels? One folds inside. It looks like a vest. <laughs> Fred, I'm telling you, you can't match it anywhere. That's five years ahead of the new look. Huh? Now you're all set. <laughs> you are all set, Fred. There's only one place for you on New Year's Eve. I've got my reservation. What reservations? With that suit, you're not sitting in the audience. <laughs> you're going to be in the show with me. In the show? Yeah. Get the picture, Fred. The lights go dim. Suddenly, there is soft music. You step up on the stage beside me in that tuxedo. Yes. The violin section comes behind us, and we sing. We sing together? The first chorus. The second chorus, I'll recite, and you will hum softly. I hum. I wonder how it will sound. Humming. Like this. When you're a long, long way from home, it makes you feel like you're alone. It's hard to find a pal that's true That you can tell your troubles to And when you send a letter home Your mother's voice rings in your ear 
then you cross the T's with kisses. What a strange world this is. Then you dot the I's with tears. You miss the love you've always known when you're a long, long way from home. Why did I wonder? Why did I stray? That is the question I ask every day. Milestones are milestones when you start to roam. But wait till you're far from home. Great. With the hummy. There's a caraway seed in my tooth. Oh, yeah. It'll have Sophie Tucker in it. <laughs> in the eyes of the world, you may seem very small. In the eyes of your mother, you're as thick as them all. You go out in the world with one thought in your mind. Where can I find a pal? And you've left one behind. Look, Fred, will you stop humming? Play an instrument. I'm singing a cappella, Georgie. This is a cappella? 